Whew, this might be a heavy one. Warning. And not because I'm going to be super challenging, which is usually when I'm like, y'all might not be up for this, <laughs> but only because it's, it's probably going to bring up some experiences that you might be going through right now or have very recently had or are still grieving and healing. So with that, we're going to talk about death. <laughs> just, just drop it in there real casual. Like I am currently watching several constructs and relationships and ideas and shoulda, woulda, couldas die. I literally just before I got on this podcast ended a commitment that I've been in for over a year in terms of some professional and communal expansion. I thought this group that I had joined would be a real opportunity for me to be a way shower for me to prove that we can do things differently, that we can meet with people from all around the world and get off of social media and grow our professional, personal, emotional, mental, physical healing together and learning and growth. And it and, and absolutely did that, but not in the way that like everything else I thought it would. This group is going to hopefully continue without me, but it might not. I might be the nail in the coffin. And that's hard. It's hard being the one that says, look, I'll make the decision here. And the, I have a decision-making for dummies episode, so I won't get too into the decision-making process. But knowing that what you're going to do is going to affect people and they are going to perceive it as a shitty thing to do. You are now the bad guy in somebody's story. Nobody likes that, right? Our egos don't like being not liked. We don't like it when people are mad at us. And often with the death process, we are grieving the loss of what was or what will never be. When you start your business, when you birth it, when you bring it into the world, whether it's just telling somebody about this super awesome idea you have or you've been in it to win it for five, maybe 10 years, and it's just not doing what you need it to do. Or maybe it went beyond any expectations you ever had. So many people that I talk to call me and they're like, I have more sales. I have more business. I'm turning things down. It feels like a complete shit show. I never planned on this. What am I supposed to do? We have to let go of the thing that is no longer working. Oftentimes when you start a business, there is a lot of hype. There is a lot of excitement. There is a lot of fresh energy and we're addicted to new. I remember I went to Japan many, many, many years ago, early 2000s with some artists and music. And I was talking with someone there who was saying how people there just get new cars every two years. And it's not because there's anything wrong with what they have. There's just this idea that it always has to be new. It always has to be fresh. I remember thinking, wow, that seems like so much work. And here we are. I think Japan has always been on the leading edge for many reasons. That's another conversation. But yeah, like remember when you used to buy a $2,000 piece of equipment and it lasted more than 18 months? Remember when you'd wear a pair of jeans until it got its own holes in them? <laughs> we don't do that anymore, right? We're, we're addicted to the birth and death cycle. And like no judgment. There's so much energy in those two parts of this experience. I think it really is learning how to go with the flow and accept them for what they are. And I talk about this in the cycle of change episode. This is change management. This is knowing that the hype, the excitement, the support, the faith will wane. 
It's energy. Goes up, it goes down. It's a fucking wavelength. It's how it works. <laughs> Sometimes it's a real slow, real shallow wavelength. The, the peaks and troughs are not very far from each other. And sometimes it's an incredibly high frequency, rapid moving wave where the the peak and the trough are very far away from each other. And that is incredibly exhilarating and exciting and expansive, but like not that sustainable. And so then we'll look to what's happening around us. Why is this happening? Who can we blame? Whose fault is this? Why, where did I fuck up? Why is this coming up again? You know, all of the shit that we tell ourselves when we get into that force and fear that tells us that death isn't a part of life, that the death has to be bad and sad and the worst and something went wrong. It means somebody somewhere fucked up, whether it's me or you. Death is inevitable. It is part of the cycle and in business, it can feel really fucking hard. There's a human bias that I'm sure is part of why we're all here and our learning and our need to experience duality and contrast in order to understand the beauty and joy of this experience in the pain and fear and challenge, right? And it's this bias that the more we invest into something, the less likely we are to walk away from it. And I mean, you know that. I'm experiencing it a lot in crypto right now and in human relationships and in business relationships. And the reality is the only constant is change. And all we're ever seeking is safety and security. I, um, you know, one of the reasons I'm creating these, these sort of this little mini series called the liminal space is I am stepping into owning my own spirituality this process that I've been in quite honestly for 15 years since the death of my labels of depression and anxiety and separation, where I started to realize that there's so much I can control and create in my own being. And when I stop externalizing my experience, I take my power back. And 100% it started with a fucking yoga class because I was too fat and depressed to do anything else. And from that yoga, I found meditation. And from meditation, I found that my thoughts and beliefs aren't true. And in fact, they're my biggest obstacle in creating what I want. And if I just shut the fuck up for a minute, I might actually learn something. And I I created space between what I thought was real and what I wanted to be real. And everything changed. I let that part of me die. And it's so interesting because so much of our experience is reflected, not so much, 100% of our experience is reflected back at us. And I had moved overseas and put myself into a completely new situation with completely new people and a completely new culture doing completely new things. I had no one to reflect back at me who I thought I was. And what I learned is I can be anyone I want. And reality was reflecting back a pretty shitty, <laughs> I'm in Australia at this time, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say it, y'all, earmuffs. I was being a fucking cunt. <laughs> and people were telling me that. I knew in that moment, oh, I don't, I don't have to be this person. And just like a really classic example, this just popped into my head. So I'm going to share it with you. 
when I was working in music in Colorado, I had the opportunity to see Red Rocks at Boulder. Radiohead. I had the opportunity to see Radiohead at Red Rocks, which is actually in Morrison, Colorado. Yeah, one of the best venues in the world. Fucked that up. When I say opportunity, I mean, I would have had AAA passes and been backstage and it would have been fucking uh, one of those gigs, like lifetime gig, right? Like put it on the bucket list. And I was too cool for school. I was the only punk rocker with a bunch of hippies. And I thought Radiohead was Brit pop, <laughs> which we were just coming on the other side of this would have been like 2000, maybe 2001. And so I said, no, I turned it down. Now, fast forward to me being in Australia and I'm having a fucking Radiohead moment. I'm listening to a mini disc player and have downloaded the entire discography. And I'm walking five miles in and out of the city every day because I thought public transportation was out to get me since I had never had to learn how to use public transportation having grown up um, in Southern, well, having spent sort of my, you know, from eight until 16 in Southern California. But uh, yeah, it just, it wasn't a thing that I felt I knew how to do. And, uh, you know, anytime the bus was late or the trains were late, I thought the universe was out to get me. Uh, isn't it interesting how our reality reflects back at us exactly what um, we're looking for? So yeah, I started listening to Radiohead and uh, that that period in my life changed me as a human. And those albums will forever be the soundtrack to a death and rebirth cycle. And now I fucking love Radiohead. There's another sync that happened later on in life when their booking agent and our booking agent were one and the same. And I got to see how the industry works from a totally independent, truly artistic angle when you're not working with the majors. And I digress. Another death and rebirth. <laughs> Ask at me if you want more on that. When we let the old shit go, when we die, and, and this is where uh, we use words to describe energy, right? But they're very limited because energy is not and words are. And then, you know, you bring in language to it and in our own interpretations and meanings and it gets very, very complicated. And so this is where I think my own aversion to the woo and to spirituality started because I'd hear these words and I thought people were fucking ridiculous. I don't know, maybe that's true, maybe that's not. But to say, you know, you've I died 18 times last year. I definitely died just last month. Sound like an older version of me would have been like, you're a fucking nightmare, BZ. Now I realize like, no, quite literally, old parts of me have died. Existing parts of me are dying. And just like actual physical end of life is incredibly painful and confrontational. And everything comes up to the surface before you go, quite literally and is released. That's what happens in these death cycles. And what that offers us is an opportunity to explore courage and what that really means for us. I have some pretty weird stuff on actual physical death only because I was real sick and got to live in that liminal space for a few years and when I was really young. So I didn't, I didn't have any of this context but I realized like when you go, when you physically go, you're good. It's the rest of us who are left behind that need to mourn and process. And that's where the discomfort comes from. Having the courage to be able to sit in this experience and the pain and the doubt and the fear and know that one day this will shift. That's where you create your own reality. 
And it's not being brave. Because being brave, again, words, being brave to me means we're ignoring the fear. Courage is sitting with the fear. It's like, you know, that fear is right next to you or right on your shoulder, and it is giving you information. It's trying to take the wheel. And you're like, thank you. I'm aware what you're here to do is keep me safe, keep things predictable, create a false sense of security and certainty. That said, I'm going to try something new. I'm trying to create something new. I want something different. Therefore, I am knowingly, willingly, courageously stepping into fear, jumping into it, leaping into it, and running towards it with everything I've got. That fear, like I said, creates this false sense of security. And what you get to do courageously, safely and securely, is ask yourself what's real and what is my story. This, when I was thinking about this, because this just kind of popped up out of nowhere, just so y'all know. And one of the things I'm working on with this podcast in this liminal space is the death of just the business and the systems and playing it safe and the birth of the intersection of spirituality and business and not just fucking mindset, full on balls out magic, reality creation, brouhaha. And yeah, I'm jumping on the fucking bandwagon. Everyone's fucking talking about it. I'm five years or 15 years too late to be doing something new or exciting. Like that's all the fear shit, right? But what popped up is like, what's real? What's the story? Truth or dare? Do you remember that game? Do kids still play that game? Truth is, is the old. It's the make-believe. There is no capital T truth anymore. If I asked you, can you prove this to be 100% fact 100% of the time? The answer is no. And then we can all create our own truths in any moment. Lindsay Mack from Tarot for the Wild Soul once said, this is what I know to be true in this moment. And that was an incredible, I died in that moment because I've always been one for consistency, authenticity, and owning your shit. And when you say to somebody, I know what I agreed to a year ago, and I am now a different person, that person has died. (laughs) So here's where I'm at now. And I got to go because I I, I no longer agree with what I agreed to a year ago. You were perceived as being hypocritical as a slacker, as running away, as giving up, etc. Okay. Yes. And also, I'm courageous enough to admit what is happening right now, where I am at right now, who I am right now, and I accept that you this will be deeply upsetting for you. So I'm here to process it with you, but I'm not here. I can't I can't fix this for you. I can only live this for me. So in the death, what we're really mourning is our nostalgia. And I'm not a nostalgic person, unfortunately. Uh, I am not very romantic. I don't really romance what was. And I see this so often with death of an actual physical life is we, we forget like, the shitty parts of that person, the hypocrisy, the inconsistency, the selfishness, like where we were challenged or triggered by them. They become this hero. They become the the shining star in our in our past narrative. And I think there's a lot of reasons for that. And they're beautiful. They're absolutely beautiful. No judgment. 
how many of your past stories and past narratives paint things in a certain light for the romance of it all? You know, one of the things I realized in a, another major, major depressive episode that I experienced sort of years after that, that cunt, we'll call it the cunt timeline, <laughs> is I was crying and saw like beating myself up and playing this incredibly dramatic heroine to to give myself this this excitement the you know that a good friend of mine always says the soaring highs and plummeting lows the roller coaster ride life is a lot more gratifying when we seek out experiences that give us those hits of tragedy and joy of ecstasy and torture and I, you know i would see this so many times with the artists that i worked with manufacturing these situations or manufacturing the highs you know every album came from heartbreak every show had to be followed you know that high had to be maintained whether it was through drugs and alcohol or party or all of the above and then the drugs and alcohol also become the source of the tragedy and it's um it just is what it is. It's an incredibly inspiring, but also tragic way to live. And I mean, the artist archetype, like the artist role, like we, we all know that character and it's, it's a beautiful, beautiful way to see the world. It does create a certain level of drama. You know, it's like the Scorpio energy. Everything is so intense. It's, it's blinding light or terrifying, paralyzing dark. And that totally works for some people. It does not work for me. When we paint our past or our future with those colors, everything gets a hell of a lot more intense. That fuels our fire to a certain level. When someone is not just the bad guy, but the the villain, your kryptonite, everything becomes so much more visceral. The experience is, um, it, it, it permeates everything, right? Whew. And it's distracting. I saw my microphone peek out on that exhale. I hope that sound didn't go shit. And I'm, I'm getting a little lost in the weeds, so I'm going to pull myself out of that. What we're trying to do is create something new. When we started this business, when we birthed it out, we're trying to create something new. When we're trying to reach new levels of success, when we're trying to tap into new customer bases, when we're trying to expand our network and our influence, and we're creating something new. In order to do that, we have to let the old way die. When the hype dies, the the excitement and the notoriety and the PR and the buzz, it will die. Your faith, your your own excitement, your own investment, it will also die. And that's not to say it goes away forever. It just means like this is a cycle. Now you can make that cycle as exciting and dramatic as you need it to be, but it also can just be part of the actual. <laughs> It's just part of the experience. And it doesn't have to mean anything. It can also mean everything. It's up to you. So in this death process, for me, it is incredibly helpful to know this is a cycle. This doesn't mean anything. This doesn't mean I don't love this anymore. This doesn't mean I don't love you anymore. This just means I'm in this liminal space. And when I can accept that this is a death, And on the other side of this will be something new. I am making space for something new. I don't need to mourn 
what was. I can. I absolutely can. Okay, well, actually, let me take that back. We do need to mourn what was in order to let it go and create the space to invite the new thing. So just know that this can take as long as it takes, that you can practice absolutely feeling the feels and then just letting them go. It can happen in a workout. It can happen in a minute or it can take a year or 10 years. I work with a lot of clients who are still releasing this. They're still in the death process 10, 20 years after the initial passing. You know, no judgment. It's all up to you. What goes up must come down. Like there are some basic physics at play here, but it doesn't have to be doom and gloom. And what happens is when we're avoiding the down, if we're in the down and we're still pretending like it's not happening, all of our beliefs are constraints. Like if there's nothing else that you take away from this episode, remember, none of us get out of here alive. All of our beliefs are limiting beliefs. Every thought, every statement of fact that we make is a constraint and we are limiting ourselves. So you don't just have some limiting beliefs. Every belief is limiting. And with that comes absolute freedom. Anytime you make a statement of truth, question it. Well, why do I think that? Uh, I've, I've gotten super into theta. I've been practicing theta healing for about a year now because it is shadow work. It is belief work. It is archetypal work. It is all of the work wrapped up into a neat little 45 minute session that you can release the thing that is holding you back instantly for a lot of people and myself included. That's actually been like really frustrating and disappointing. Cause it's like, Holy shit. I've been holding onto this for how long? I have played within this little sandbox for how long? I could have let this go how many years ago? But the reality is you have to want it. You have to be open to it. You have to believe you can't change your beliefs instantly. That in and of itself is a limiting belief. Like how hard does shadow work need to be? How long do you need to sit in your own shit? How long does healing take, right? So Theta 101, because we can all do it. Every Everyone is a healer, you guys. Everyone is intuitive. Everyone is fucking psychic. Everyone can play with magic. Everyone is an energy worker. And that's, that's I'm saying it. Oof, I got, I got like a funny feeling in my tummy just saying all that shit out loud because I've been, God, I've had so much fucking resistance to all this shit for my whole goddamn life. I'm sure I'm going to get into a lot of that in the next season. I'm going to try and stay focused on death here. Yay, it's so fun. A lot of the healers and energy workers that are in my experience want the suffering and that's totally fine. They're looping and that that might go back lifetimes. When you can ask yourself, well, why do I think this? Where did I first learn this? And what was the lesson? You don't even need to get into the fucking trauma. Your subconscious attached a belief to a benefit. All you need to do is release that attachment, cancel that attachment on whatever level it came through on, whether it's soul or in this current experience. And voila, you may have that benefit without the sacrifice, without the cost. I have to work hard. Why? (laughs) Where did you get that? What do you get from working hard? This false sense of security, aka money. Well, what's the benefit of money? Security. Okay. Well, what's the highest benefit of security? Love, self-love, love for others, connection. I can help others. Well, how about love without having to work super hard? How about security without having to work super hard? 
let's release that. What if you can just simply take action, inspired action, aligned action, follow your heart and get that love, that security? You can, you do, it's there. I was also thinking of this just in terms of like, just simply like remodeling your house. You're going to have to fucking tear some walls down and smash some shit. You're going to have to invest. You're going to have to move furniture around. Like when you want change and to change your experience, what the world is reflecting back at you, it takes a level of destruction and tearing down and then building back up. You have to do that, right? You have to break it down to build it back up. I don't know if any of you have taken on a home renovation project. I used to flip houses and I remember the first place that I got, which I had no intention of flipping, but ended up doing that. It was totally fucking overwhelming. And I found myself like collapsed in a pool of tears, ugly crying for days. And I had definitely bitten off more than I can chew. I had to let that fear die, that I don't know how to do this shit, that I can't do it on my own, that as a 28-year-old female, I need help, blah, blah, blah. But what happens when you expand, when you create the structure for your success is you look around and you're like, holy shit, there's so much more room for activities. And you will not have the skills, the confidence, the know-how, the timeline of when you're going to fill all of the space up and your ego flips the fuck out and you have a little temper tantrum (laughs) or a massive temper tantrum and you're going to default. You're going to go back to that old timeline, the thing that died because it's the thing that you know and all your ego and mind wants is certainty. It wants calm in the chaos. It wants guarantees and fucking promises when they don't exist because anytime you say yes to something, you change your trajectory. It's like in the labyrinth when she was like, oh, I'll follow that arrow and go that way. And then the little guy steps up and turns the (laughs) tile around and then the arrow is pointing a different direction. No one's doing anything wrong. We're all just doing our best with the information that we have right now in this moment. And then next moment, it's going to be completely different. So it's okay. It's what will happen. Every expansion is followed by a contraction. That is the spiral, right? We get more and more accustomed to the initial flailing and freak out that happens after the expansion. And I don't want to say like, this has to be hard or like, like expansion feels amazing and contraction feels like shit. I'm not putting any expectations to that. All that I am saying is that like, it's, it's a repetitive cyclical process. The more you grow, the, the more you grow. God, that was not a very eloquent way of putting it. I guess what I'm trying to say is you are ready. You are so ready. You can fucking do this. You can do whatever the fuck you want. You can create your own reality. And it it's going to involve some death or a lot of death or daily death. <laughs> you want to change. Here it is. You wanted a chance to reconnect, to discover your why to get closer to your values. This is it. It is in the contrast that you can be reminded of why you're doing this in the first place or change your mind altogether. That's what happened in 2020. My friends, you were given the opportunity to tap back in to you and how that looked showed up very differently for everybody. And for uh, most people, it did not feel like a fucking opportunity. I get that. Some people chose to perceive it as such, and they are thriving. I don't know how you approached it. My only question is, is how well is that working for you? How well did that work? 
what you also discovered are your new boundaries, your new edge. Some of us burned out. Some of us were on the other side of burnout. Some of us got to heal from burnout. Those are simply boundaries. Again, it's another word for when we hit a wall and we're like, oh shit, I didn't know that wall was there. Cool. Now I do. Now I can build in structure so that I don't have to fucking run into that wall again. Did you do that? 2020 allowed us the opportunity to grow our roots even deeper, to rediscover where we're growing to, and to ask ourselves, what do we really need in this moment? And can we give ourselves that without judgment? For so many of us, our values changed instantly. And then we found ourselves going through old perspectives, old paradigms, old habits, old actions, when we were trying to get different and new results. And it was very much in resistance to each other and friction. A lot of us got to play with our idea of security and how that looks and how money plays into that. And what we can do about it, what we want to do about it, and what is no longer working. One of the things that we also got to play with is this idea of interdependence. I think a lot of people became incredibly familiar with codependence. (laughs) And, you know, people often talk about wanting to be independent, but yet we're all here together living and working and depending and relying on each other in some way, shape or form. And I believe we're all connected. We are all simply reflections of our own prism, right? not prison, prism. We are, we are fractal, fractal, fractals of each other. We're reflecting back exactly what it is that we need to see and hear and grow and get what we want. Even if that's just reinforcing exactly the, the fucking shit storm that we're in. And I'm aware someone out there is listening to this and they're like, I'm fucking suffering. My shit sucks. And how fucking dare you suggest that that is my making? I hear you. I was you. I get you. I step into that space and it is yuck. Believe me. I spent the last six weeks feeling super fucking sorry for myself. And there is not one cell in my experience, this body or what is being that gets to feel sorry. Like I live an amazing fucking life all the goddamn time. And so when I feel sorry for myself, it is disgusting and embarrassing and shameful. And yet I do. So I got to sit with that. Where did that come from? When did that start? What was I getting out of it? And it's just all ego. It's not about me. It's about what am I resenting? What am I regretting? What am I trying to control? And how can I get back into let me rephrase, how can I release these old traumas and triggers? And instead of feeling ashamed, just recognize this is, this is more work. There's something here I haven't yet let go of. There's a death that needs to happen. And in that comes hope, comes the practice, comes the spirituality, comes the mentors, comes the the employees and the health and leading from my heart, resourcing more effectively, resourcing in what I need right now, knowing that 
on the other side of death is resurrection, is rebirth. And that'll be our next episode. So when you tell yourself you can't, stop. When you tell yourself this isn't, stop. (laughs) When you tell yourself it's them, stop. You are externalizing your experience and you're giving away any responsibility. And it's, you're going to be in death for a while. Now, if you're ready to step out of death, then you get to abandon that. And I know, I know my friend, believe me, you how fucking painful this process is and how hard and triggering, but if you're looping pattern, interrupt, do, do the opposite abandon, abandon all hope, like go apply for the fucking job, update your resume, send it out, see what fucking happens. Like you don't know what resurrection and rebirth is going to offer you. And I promise you, it's probably going to look different than the way you were envisioning. What you were after is the way that security, that success, and that transition is going to make you feel. Start calling in those feelings. Start imagining the thousand different ways you could feel successful and and why you want to feel successful, what it is you're truly going after, the benefit that you're seeking from the sacrifice. There is magic all around you. You can transmute this pain into joy. The only question is, when are you gonna start? I love you.